This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Third episode of the Junkyard Dogcast this week. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. Kip's over there swilling something. I think it's coffee, maybe, possibly. Rusty's got it, too. We got beverages. That's just ice. Just don't get happy. Don't don't see that and get happy. It's just Just, ice. Just Tito's covered ice. That's all. Uh, But, yeah, we're we're back. We're uh, going to talk about Wednesday leans, all right? And then we're going to get into mailbag questions, and we're going to answer some from the junkyard over at Dogs 24-7. And some from you guys over here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. We are live on YouTube. And uh, Rusty, let's get it. Just get on with it. Wednesday lean against the spread outright. What are you feeling, Georgia Kentucky? Man, I just watched Georgia Auburn uh, complete game, and you know it's just right now. I think to 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 give Georgia a big threat. It's going to take a vertical passing game. I'm talking about an elite vertical passing game. I thought South Carolina did a good job of just taking some shots. Our guys going to make a play. We're going to throw it up. I just can't see Kentucky right now um, going into this thing, just getting enough consistent um, positive run yards to change up Georgia's philosophy, Georgia's philosophy in that front seven. You take Josh Ali's out now. Uh, my early lean is Georgia, and um, I'm pretty close to laying a lot of points for my prediction tomorrow. But uh, right now, uh, just going into this game and say it every week, if you're going to be elite, so far Georgia has, has done that. If you're going to be elite, you're the better team this weekend, and you will handle business at home in front of no telling what kind of atmosphere this will be Saturday. Rusty, I, I think about this, and I'm not going to go ahead and give my score prediction, but I really like the the neighborhood of where the scores were last the score was last week with Auburn. How I, I like to see this game. And once again, another tough matchup for the opponent because Georgia, and this is almost what makes you feel like maybe this is, you know, obviously we'll look back on it and, and you know, maybe look back on this comment. It may look dumb as all get out, but it, it almost makes this team feel like a little bit of a team of destiny right now because it seems like every single week they're facing a team that that the matchup is so hard for them. Um, you know, Kentucky really needs to run the ball to be successful. Florida really needs to run the ball to be successful. I mean, Tennessee, not necessarily, but still a talent mismatch there big time. And so you're just running into all these things week after week after week. And, uh, We'll see how it goes, but that you know, again, that's that's kind of my lean is basically a score similar to last week. Um, I like Georgia's chances to be right on the cusp of that cover. Kip, what do you got Wednesday lean? I just I don't think as much as we we praised Kentucky's offensive line at the end of the day, I don't see them 
preventing Georgia's defensive line from doing what they've done all year? That was my one question. Is Georgia's front, you know, seven, are they going to have any issues against Kentucky versus what they've already faced this year? And I, I really don't see it. And I, I think that they're going to be able to come out and, and play the same game they've been playing all year, which is that they don't have to dial up any exotic blitzes. They're able to get into the backfield and and pressure Kentucky just using their standard, you know, three and four guys. And the fact that Georgia already has 18 players with a tackle for loss, which is an incredible stat knowing that they only had like 10 guys with, with the sack last year. And I think you're looking back at the 2017 team that I, they had 11 that year, 11 guys with a sack. They, they've already got 12 this year. And, and so I just think, you know, it's that depth. They're going to continue to rotate guys. I just don't see this Kentucky offense being able to do anything differently against Georgia than what the other teams that they've faced so year so far this year. So, yeah, I mean, I think double-digit points could be hard to come by for Kentucky and Athens this weekend. All right. Listen, we're going to change the mailbag format on you guys a little bit this week. Instead of going roundtable, crossing over with our answers, agreeing, yes, yes, great answer, good job, you know, because we're all three kind of – average to below average intelligence so we agree a lot you know we all kind of you know we're all right there on the same page uh we uh we're gonna just kind of go with them one by one all right they're gonna throw it to one different person i'm gonna take this first one from rouse dog uh 10 do you feel like stetson bennett will be the front runner for the quarterback job in 2022 and i'm assuming this is with the assumption that jt daniels is leaving and stetson bennett is back and if it is hey yeah I mean, you got to beat him, right? I mean, at this point in the process, Destin Bennett's a, you know, he's a he's a he's a winner at the quarterback position. I mean, he's got a pretty decent little record here early on. He's only lost to two, didn't even finish one of the games he lost because he got hurt, and then who knows what happens if he doesn't get hurt in that Florida game and lost to the national championship team at home, um, you know, and, and played okay in that game, you know, before it kind of unraveled on him there, and it was only his third start to begin with. So yeah. I would say he's definitely the front runner uh, if he comes back and JT Daniels goes pro. Whoever's going to win it's going to have to beat him out, and that's just the way that one's going to go. Um, I know everybody's you know really anxious to get on to the next era at quarterback, but it's tough to beat that experience, that playmaking, that prowess, and, and he's done a really good job. Uh, Rusty, going to you next from Dogfan34. Can Kirby get any of those juniors on this defense to stay like Jordan Davis did? You know, those types of things are talked about in December. And I've talked about it on a pod and I've talked about it on about different pods. You know, back when, when some of those guys left, Isaac Nauta and Elijah Holyfield and all that, Kirby kind of revamped the, the, the process of those guys getting information. So what they did was they created a combine. So at the end of the summer, uh, the Georgia players run a combine. They know exactly where they are, an NFL-style combine. You know, some agent's not going to tell you, hey, you're a 4-5 when you're a 4-7-1 and you got it documented. So that helps in, in putting together all the information. So, um, you know, early on, it sounds like a lot of these kids, because I talked to a scout or two that I've trusted in the past, and it sounds like a lot of these guys are leaning on leaving, but just never know how things are going to play out. So I think Georgia's had a better since all of that, since they kind of revamped those things and kind of, hey, let's, let's, let's put the information together to allow these kids to process it with their families and, and their decision makers. 
you know, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody came back, but it sounds like, uh, you know, the, the Trayvon Walkers and those guys were will certainly be gone. I don't think that surprised anybody. Lewis seen probably, in my opinion, will be gone as well. So you'll go back and look at all these again. We'll see. But, um, you know, that's going to be a key. I think, you know, if you're asking my gut feeling, the one person I think would benefit the most coming back to me would be Nolan Smith. Um, I think Nolan Smith's a guy that can put on more weight. That's what the scouts, you know, asked me. Sounds sounds like he's a little light right now for their liking. Uh, he's certainly playing uh, fantastic, but I think another year of growth and adding some weight for him would be beneficial. So that would be huge for Georgia to bring back that type of edge guy uh, because you're going to lose Adam Anderson and those guys. So it's going to be uh, a little different up there. So we'll see how things go. But I, one thing is Kirby Smart after that year with a few of those guys that left that probably shouldn't have left at that time. Uh, you know, they gather information a lot different now. And I think that process has helped and be beneficial to everyone. Hey, you went on a uh, you win a game on uh, on I think it may be the second Monday in January. Uh, you win that game. There's probably a lot of them on their way out, and I think most people will be fine with it. So we'll we'll see how kind of how it goes later on in the season, and if there's some unfinished business. You know, I, I'm sure Georgia fans would trade a national championship for unfinished business and players coming back. Uh, all right, Kip, this one's to you, man. LG Dog Nine. Halfway through the season, which defensive player has exceeded your expectations for the season? Same question on offense. What you got? Well, I mean, I think a lot of the guys that have kind of stood out so far this year really haven't been a a surprise. You know, Jalen Carter, we knew a lot of talent. Same with Trevon Walker. You know, Adam Anderson, Kobe Dean, these are guys that we already had high expectations for and, had you know, Tremendous talent, obviously high recruiting rankings as well. I thought about two guys, and I'm really going to go with, uh, you know, a guy that is kind of caught on as of late and is really doing, you know, really well against the run and the pass, and that's Devontae Wyatt. Uh, you know, a guy that's kind of just been part of the rotation and, you know, waited his turn a little bit. and But right now, I mean, he's just playing outstanding football, very disruptive. Uh, I think he's got a, a two and a half tackles for loss. You know, he's 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 had a couple sacks, a lot of quarterback hurries, and they they record they keep that stat at Georgia. I know he's in double digits, one of uh, five guys w- with ten or more quarterback hurries so far this year. But I just really like what he's doing along the, the defensive line. I mean, they're able to rotate guys in. You know, they got Jordan Davis in there just doing his thing. You know, Nazir Stackhouse. They got a lot of depth there. But I just think when Devontae White's on the field along with those guys, it's just really a, a completely disruptive front, and they're able to, to really get a push in the backfield with a lot of times just three guys. So really like what Devontae's done. Uh, Channing Tindall was the other guy that I kind of thought about. He's racked up a lot of tackles when he's been on the field, made a big impact. Another guy that's kind of been in the rotation and waited his turn, and now seems like when he's on the field, really good things happen for Georgia's defense. I think offensively, it's it's a lot easier to answer that question. I mean, it's got it's got to be Lad McConkey. I know Brock Bowers, you know, leads the team in receiving yards, and you know that's a surprise. But injuries have kind of played a role there. But we knew that he was, you know, highly thought of by the Georgia coaching staff when they recruited him, and all summer. Lad McConkey's not a guy that we really discussed. You know, Rusty was obviously high on him, but when we were talking about guys at the you know the halfway point of the season who might be in the the top two as far as receiving yards. 
Lab was not a guy that was really mentioned, I think, on the podcast or really by anyone. And I think the thing that's most impressed me about him is the fact that and he hasn't dropped a pass yet. Uh, and I don't believe in superstition, so I'm not going to worry about saying that six games in. The guy hasn't dropped a pass, and he's he's averaging 17 and a half yards a catch. And I just think what he's doing after the catch – what he's doing on his route running. I mean, that last that game against Auburn, outstanding out there. His route running is just exceptional. And he's, I mean, he's made it known that he is an SEC caliber player and one of the better ones right now, as, you know, as a freshman. And so I just think that he's definitely made himself a name. And halfway through the season, I think that Georgia fans are definitely glad that that uh, Kirby Smart and that coaching staff, uh, you know, brought him onto the roster and and he's made a big impact. So, again, I think Lad McConkey's done great things and, and probably is going to be making a couple more plays in the weeks to come. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, Rusty, Rusty tried to tell us. We wouldn't listen. Uh, so, yeah, Lad McConkey, well, big, big time camp. It was hard to stay on the table for for somebody that hadn't done it yet. But right. I, kept, I kept hearing, you know, fall camp, like this guy, every scrimmage, Lad McConkey, Lad McConkey, and here we are. And I think it's crazy that, you know, he's a slot receiver. He's a slot receiver, and then all of a sudden there's some injuries. You throw him out at the Z at the flanker spot, and that's when he takes off. It just blows yep. your mind sometimes yep. how this uh, how, how the opportunities present themselves for these guys. Let's take a break here real quick, and on the other side we're going to get to more mailbag questions. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, speaking of wide receivers, speaking of Lab McConkey, Chice. Uh, I hope I said that name. Maybe Chiche, Cheese, whatever. Uh, once we, uh, <laughs> once we hopefully get to all of our get all of our receivers back from a Georgia perspective, uh, what do you guys see the rotation looking like? Do Lad and AD get as many snaps? Well, no, they're not going to get as many snaps because you know. It, let's let's imagine for a second that Jermaine Burton and Marcus Rosemi, Jack Saint, and uh, and George Pickens and and everybody else. Georgia is completely healthy receiver. I mean, it's either those guys get zero, like they got this past game, and Lad and AD get all of them, or Lad and AD see less snaps, and that'll that'll happen. Their snaps will go down. Hopefully, if you're Georgia, you're hoping that their efficacy, their 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 speeds, their um their you know 
play their their everything gets better with a chance to to kind of share the load a little bit uh but i do see kind of a condensed receiver rotation at that point lab mcconkey um ad mitchell you know you're going to see the tight ends involved you're going to see marcus rosemey jack saint you're going to see uh you're going to see george pickens and 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 arian smith in certain situations and and a lot of jermaine burton all of those guys are going to play um you know i would say that you're you're probably your primary four five, six, you know, there. I mean, you're, you're looking at Kiaris and Lab McConkey in the slot. You're looking at AD and and George Pickens or, or Jermaine Burton out there at the split-in position if George is able to come back. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, Marcus Rosemey out at the uh, at, at the uh, split-in position. Uh, Jermaine Burton playing some at flanker. I mean, both those outside guys are kind of interchangeable in some situations. So all of those guys are going to play and they're going to get some snaps. But, yeah, those, those guys that have been playing – Almost all the snaps lately, they're definitely going to go down. Um, all right, we got one more, I believe, from our uh, from our Dogs twenty four seven crowd, and this is from cousin Cody. He says, "What freshman has made a bigger impact this season, Brock Bowers or Keely Ringo?" Rusty, this this ain't an easy one, Rusty. That's not that's that's a good question because you want Brock Bowers in the headlines, and you don't want Keely Ringo in the headlines, right? Because so it's you know you look at both them and I think the the natural thing was like hey Brock Bowers is killing it. Well, you don't hear a lot about Keeler Ringo, and that's a good thing. That's almost like an interior line. You don't hear much about you know Cedric Van Pran. He's doing his job, and Keeler Ringo, uh, you know, seems to be doing a tremendous job on his side of the field right now. You don't see it. You don't see his name brought up a lot. He had a ball dropped over his shoulder last week by Bo Nix, which was a perfect pass. And there's nothing you can do about that. He used the sideline to stay in phase and just dropped it over his shoulder. It's going to happen. So, um, you know, that's a very, very good question. Um, I would go Bowers a little bit because he's impacted a game, you know, touching the ball and those types of things. And he causes issues to game plan against him. But that's certainly no knock on Keely Ringo. He's doing a tremendous job starting out uh, as as a a freshman uh, corner in, in a tough situation, tough spot, replacing Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes and those guys. So uh, I would lean Bowers, but both of those guys have been fantastic for Georgia. And Keely Ringo is going to get tested more and more as the season goes on. Start passing, you know, start playing these teams. It's going to challenge them a little more down the field. Tennessee, what team now you got to you got to watch for that passing game. So uh, I would lean Bowers a little bit, but certainly by no means has Keely Ringo been a disappointment. He has been as good as advertised for Georgia. Yeah, that, that is a tough one because Keely's out there every single snap trying to cover a guy. Um, you know, all of that stuff. Uh, all right, we're going to go. Brian Bivens here says, how many guys do does Georgia get back from injury by the Florida game? Um, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and take this one because I'm the one that's sitting there, you know, playing around with injuries every day, you know, trying to figure out who's out and what's out and doing injury reports and stuff. Um, I think they're going to get pretty much everybody back except for, you know, I, I don't, I know a lot of Georgia fans are real optimistic about George Pickens. I'm not, and not by that point. I don't necessarily think that's a reasonable way to look at it. It'll shock me if he is. I'm not saying it's completely, you know, out of the realm of possibility, but it'll shock me if he is back. Um, I think all of the ones you're looking at right now that aren't major, um, you know, Amir Speed's probably a little bit questionable. I think the other receivers, except for maybe Dominic Blaylock and Pickens, are probably, you know, guys that are going to be back and going to be ready to go. JT Daniels, I feel good about that one. Um, so, yeah, I think pretty much all of them, except for, you know, Blaylock and 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 George Pickens and maybe Arians, I mean, not Arian Smith, but maybe Amir Speed. 
I think those are the ones that you're looking at definitely uh, having a chance to be back and having a good chance to be back. I think Georgia, provided there are no other setbacks, is going to be in pretty good shape injury-wise by the time uh, Florida gets there. Uh, do you have a gut feeling on whether Dan Lanning will be lured away after this season or not? Kip, what do you say on that, man? <laughs> well, uh, I think it's it's kind of like the the question Rusty answered as far as the the draft uh, you know departures. That's part of the year hasn't really be started yet, and so you know once December rolls around, when you kind of see the the carousel begin, the dominoes start the fall, you start to see which which places might be a good fit for Dan Lanning. Do I think Dan Lanning is going to be a candidate for multiple uh, openings? Yes. Yes, I do. I, I mean, I think Georgia's coordinators have done a, a pretty damn good job this year, I, I would say. And if they keep doing as well as they're doing, then, I mean, they're going to be on the radar for a lot of spots. It, it kind of just depends on, you know, how some of these other openings, obviously USC is the the one everyone is, is looking at now because it's already open, but, I mean, we could have multiple ones here in the SEC and, and, and the Big Ten as well. And I think, you know, do I think Dan Lanning's in line for maybe one of those? Probably tough to get as, you know, as your, as your first head coaching job. But I think that, I mean, if, if a guy like Matt Campbell, you know, leaves for another job, I mean, that's definitely a position that, you know, they'd probably consider looking at, at Georgia's coordinators. That'd probably be pretty, pretty good uh, hires for a program like that. I just think that right now, speculating on that is, uh, you know, like Kirby Smart says, it's kind of the, those are hypotheticals, and you can't really you can't really give too much intel on things like that. But I, I think Kirby Smart is it knows that his staff is going to get poached every single year that they have a lot of success. That's the whole goal, and I think he prepares for that. And I think he's already, I mean, he already knows if he's losing you know if he loses the coordinator he's already got his plans made for for who he replace offensive defensive coordinator and i mean just looking on georgia's staff now i mean they have multiple assistants who aren't coordinators here who could be coordinators either georgia or you know comparable programs so i think that you know if dan landing gets a head coaching job it could be an in-house promotion and uh, i know that those might not be as exciting for fans. They always want to get basically former head coaches for every coaching spot on the staff and stack stack that that list. But I, I think that Kirby Smart's trying to build a program that develops from from the inside out a lot because he wants he wants the best guys already on his staff. And I think that so far you just look top to bottom. Georgia's got a, a pretty good coaching staff. So if Dan Lanning is not on this coaching staff next year, it means they probably had a really good season and that they're probably going to get a really good replacement. All right. Uh, last two here. Um, Rusty, I'm going to throw this one to you, man. Uh, Jermaine King says, if Lanning does leave, we'll miss this, this, the way this is worded cracks me up because it's will, 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 will must champ, but it's just one will. So will must champ uh, be the top assistant to replace him? It, it would have to be the, the favorite there. No question. <clears throat> he knows the system. Um, at that point, he, he would have spent a year at, in Athens to know kind of Kirby and Dan's philosophy, how that worked, how those guys did it. Um, you know, obviously, Kirby Smart trusts Will Muschamp, and those two are thick as thieves now. They, they've known each other for a long time. Will hired Kirby his first job in Atlanta State, got Kirby with him to LSU. Uh, two went to Miami together. They spent a lot of time around each other, uh, played together, I think, one year maybe uh, as a freshman. When Will was a senior, so 
uh, that would be the natural progression. Just don't be, beat around the bush. It'd be interesting to see if Buster Faulkner, you know, if, 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 if Monken was not there, would Buster Faulkner, you know, who's a former OC, you know, you always talk about Kirby one step ahead of the game. Well, he's sitting here at one point, he had two former coordinators off the field. He had Buster Faulkner off the field, who was a former offense coordinator, put up huge numbers at Southern Miss. Then he had Will Muschamp kind of off the field and things kind of uh, changed for a minute. So, you like to think that he's one step ahead if something were to happen. But if you're hiring the right people, this is what happens. I mean, you know, um, you know, some Georgia fans will get into panic about things like that. But if you're hiring the right people, you're going to deal with this every single year. You know, every single year you're going to deal with this. Nick Saban deals with it every single year. So if you're hiring the right people, if you're winning games and you're producing, people are going to come after your staff and, Kirby Smart's trying to, starting to get a little little tree under him. You know, these head, head coaches, Sam Pittman, Mel Tucker, all these guys. So uh, that looks good for him. And certainly he knows the route of being an assistant coach to a head coach. He understands that path. So that's a good thing. You come to Georgia, you know, your path to getting to be a head coach is a lot easier. So that's a good thing to have and a good problem to have. All right, this last question is not exactly in my wheelhouse, but I'm going to answer it anyway because I listen – to two of the best talk about recruiting all the time. Uh, TM says, do you guys think this recruiting class can finish top two, top three, maybe even number one again? Why not? I mean, I mean, you got Kamar Wilson. You've got, uh, you've got uh, Michael Williams still out there who's committed to USC. I mean, Alubala. I mean, there's so many guys left in this class. And Georgia's actually got some, you know, some traction with some of them. Ernest Green is another one. You know, Oscar Delp decides tonight, I think Rusty and Kip both said they would probably lean George on that one as well. You got uh you've got uh Luther Burden going on the 20th. I mean the, another guy Georgia's very much in the mix for. Um I think I told Kip before the show I reeled off about five guys, Green, Burden, uh, Michael Williams, Kristen Miller, and another one that gets Georgia to 302 points with 22 commitments. Um, again, it's irrelevant at this point. You don't know what point total is going to win in this class. There's a waiver uh, that allows. Uh, there's a waiver in the mix right now that's going to allow you know teams to maybe replace some guys that have left for the transfer portal. Maybe jack those numbers up a little bit. So it's tough to say, but yeah, Georgia's absolutely in the mix for number one class. And if they land Oscar Delp tonight. 650 okay and sorry if you're listening to the podcast and this has already happened because uh, the podcast itself will come out tomorrow uh that's going to take georgia number three in the country right there with uh with, with what uh 19 commitments 18 commitments so uh i mean absolutely georgia definitely in the mix for a top three class definitely in the mix for the number one class uh and and there's even some margin for error that i don't think any of us would have saw being there maybe a couple months ago. Uh, that's all we got for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast. We'll be back tomorrow with some picks and, uh, and to talk to you kind of a little bit more in-depth about this Kentucky game. Go Braves. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, go Brave. Go Brave. Braves and four. Watched that last night. Almost lost my voice screaming with 33 minutes. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll spare you guys that one. But uh, for this episode, I'm Jake Rowe, Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Man, from the same place, and y'all take it easy. <laughs>